Hello everyone and welcome to the to-do list. So today we are going to be talking about a country that both of us absolutely adored and would put on our to-do list time and again and again. And that is Iceland. Yes, an absolutely beautiful country, especially if you're looking for outdoorsy type things and getting back to nature, then this is the place for you. I'd go back there in a heartbeat. And in this episode, we'll discuss some of those reasons why. So here we go. Hi, this is Noah. Hey, it's Kimberly, and this is the, the to-do, to-do list. So we've decided to do our episode. We had we had talked in a previous episode about our three favorite countries that each of us had been to. I had given some solid answers on all three in that moment. I will say, however, my my turkey has shifted a little bit because during this whole coronavirus lockdown situation, I have been binge washing. Like um, I, I had said in another episode that I was going to binge watch some Samantha Brown, so I've been doing that and watching Samantha Brown, some travel hosts, and I've been seeing a lot of countries in the world. I've been ranking them as to ones I haven't been to, and so it's kind of been making me reevaluate past travels and think about them. And so when Kimberly and I in a previous web uh, episode of this podcast talked about each of our three favorite countries we've been to. I gave three solid answers, and she gave one. I gave five, five solid, solid answers. <laughs> and Iceland showed up on both of our lists, so we decided to talk about Iceland today and our travels there, our journey there, and what we would like. What our experiences, what we recommend, I would and, say about and, Iceland. And I think the reason why we chose Iceland was because it actually was on both of our list, and that was a definite solid for me, because um, there was a couple that I was kind of wishy-washy on. But for sure, Iceland was on the top of both of our lists uh, to go to for sure. And normally in our travel process, when we decide where we go, we each make our own little like nominations, as it were. And this was a Camberley nomination, so mm-hmm. she was more passionate than I was. Oh, yeah. But I, I loved it. I'm, I'm glad we went and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, so. it's definitely one that I would recommend for most people. Um, and and what's nice about it too is if you're on the East Coast, uh, especially like New York City, like we are, it's actually not that far. It's like what five and a half hours, so it's not that long of a trip. It's, it's inter- like going to the West Coast. And it was an internet. <laughs> might even faster actually yeah. if you're coming yeah. from New York City. Um, and it was an international trip, but it almost... And it, it was like a quick trip to Europe, if yeah. you will. Almost... Well, one of our trips, we had gone to Canada, and we felt that when we went to Quebec, that was almost like a quick trip to Europe, kind of, even though <laughs> it was Quebec like an hour away. isn't Europe. Going to Reykjavik and going to Iceland actually is part of Europe. Yes. So yes. it is a quick trip to Europe. <laughs> Canada is not part of Europe, and Quebec is not part of Europe. But you definitely could feel the European influences when you're there. Yeah, but anyway. Absolutely. Our focus of this episode is Iceland. And I guess what I wanted to ask you, or what I'm kind of thinking or feeling, uh-huh. is what are, like, I, I think in three. So I was thinking, what are three experiences that really stick out in your head? Or you're like, just... Like experiences. They don't need to be necessary places. It could be an experience, like a memory or something you enjoyed. See, I don't know if I've worked that well in limitations. (laughs) So, you can have five. No, no, I just, for me, it's more of just going through it and just feeling it out. I, I, I don't know. Like, when we landed there, the first day, because like most flights from the USA to Europe, it's overnight, so it's always a doozy. Oh. And and it was. I remember being really tired because it really doesn't give you enough time after eating and stuff to sleep. You're basically on the plane. They feed you. You try to sleep. Hey, get off the plane. And so we were in Reykjavik the first day. And okay. I do want to say that Reykjavik is a great 
little city, but I do recommend that people really get out of there. And, uh, you know, just because the country's so beautiful. So I really do want to say that we're not going to be focusing a lot on Reykjavik, not because it's a bad city, but because the city is just so amazing that... There's just so much to see. So most of my favorites... The country is so amazing, uh, you mean. Exactly. I think you the said country. the city is so amazing. Oh, I'm sorry. The country, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not going to be focusing too much on Reykjavik. Though I will say I had the best fish and chips I've ever had in my life there near the Harpa. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just <laughs> thinking because I'm thinking, truth be told, Camberley did say... She had another um, one of her favorite, her best experiences there. At that point, or yeah. shortly thereafter, you did say a city in Iceland gave you one of the best meals. Oh you've yeah, Hopen. Hopen yes. had one of the best meals that I've ever had, and and that, that says a lot. You know, I've traveled a lot, and I, I live in New York City. It was just absolutely delicious. But I will still say the fish and chips there. If it's still near the Harpa, you'll see a bunch of locals there. It's the place to be. <laughs> so it was really delicious, but. I will say, I don't know. For me, one of my favorite experiences was definitely Vic. Okay. I really loved Vic. And what it is, is it's um, Black Sand? Black Sand Beach, yes. Yeah, Black Sand Beach from Volcano, uh, Volcano, I think. And so, I I do want to say, because it is Iceland, it is really cold. We went at the end of um, August. August. Early September. And... It was cold. You're going to need a man. I'm I'm from Wisconsin, so I can deal with cold a little bit better than she can. I don't, I don't know that bothered me. I could not imagine necessarily being there in December or January. I don't know. I'm not saying it was the coldest thing in my life. What I'm saying is I'm used to New York City in August where it's still disgustingly hot and the roaches are chilling. And it wasn't, it was just, it was chilly there. I was wearing, you know, a full on late spring, early winter coat there. I'm thinking of another, when you say cold, I'm thinking of another experience. So you're talking specifically about the Black Sand Beach and Vic. I'm thinking about when you say cold, I think of we did go out at night because Iceland is known yeah. for the for the northern lights. Sure, over the but I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about in general, just getting in and out of the car. Because the best way to really get around Iceland is to rent a car. And that's the only way you're going to see everything that you want to see. And you're going to need a coat. Well, also the wind is a bit much. In the that wind is, because Iceland yeah. is so far north, There, when we were renting the car, one of the things they wanted was us to get an insurance or, or buy extra insurance for windstorm damage. <laughs> because it will such. take the paint off of your car. And we're like, what are we getting into? <laughs> but I, I don't tend to be a believer in all these insurance things. I, so we, I get insurance through my credit card, and I believe Cameron I do, do too. So we weren't really like going to buy it anyway. But when he was describing it to us, I'm like, I was going to be the driver for this trip. I'm like, wait, am I going to be blown off the road at some point? Because yeah. I wasn't sure of the terrain. I didn't know what we were getting into. We had, Neither one of us had been there before. I was a little bit apprehensive, but then a quick computer search after we got out of the car rental agency said, we're not in the peak season for the wind. We don't no, need to worry about the wind. No. And the wind, it was windy, but I will say that. It was windy, but it wasn't reaching the height of their, um, right. I guess, wind drama in Iceland. Going into winter sense. or something. But Vic, I remember, was one of the windiest days that we had there. Um, okay. Just because I think part of it is because it's, well, everything's along the water, but you're at the water. And it. what I liked about it is there's places that you can hike. There was like a little cave. Um like a steep cave. Remember that? Where you can walk in. We'll be putting pictures up on the Facebook page. Are you talking about where they stacked rocks? 
No, those are like hiking rocks. Those are there, but there was like a little cave where you could walk in and you had to be careful because the tide would come up. Yes, that yeah. one I remember. That was so when we were on the Black Sand Beach, there we could veer off to the right or to the left. She was talking about there was a cave off to the left that you could go inside and yeah. under and through. But you want to um, get out of there a, before the I tide comes in. I was referring to the one on the right, which was where people visitors would stack stones. She, you call them hiking stones? Yeah, like hiking stones. Yeah, to basically signify they'd been there and just like, you know. Yeah, I guess. it was kind of cool, but you know, it's interesting because Vic, there was two things that I remembered that I really... Is one the sea otter? Okay, there, that was one of them, yeah. So there, there was a sea otter who, who liked us, and so I actually have a picture series of we would walk along the beach, and the sea otter would pop up its head, and I would wave at it and take a picture, and then it would dive back into the water and I walk a little bit more and it would come back up exactly where I was it was following us and playing and letting me take pictures and he was he or she was so cute I absolutely love that little guy it was just one of the happiest moments because it was very playful and liked humans <laughs> so that was a good thing and I remember it was being it was so cold there and I do remember this man and woman getting married do you remember that and she was wearing a dress and he was wearing a suit and it was so cold that day and she had a blanket wrapped around her, and it was just her and their best man, and um, the bride's maid made honor. They got married really quickly, and I thought that was a really beautiful experience, too. Boy, it was damn cold, though. <laughs> it, it was pretty cold. Um, I, I'm sorry. I was just going... It's. It, she brought up the bridal party, and she brought up the theater. I would say, if you're looking for a beach experience in Iceland, oh, I would geez. not say you're going to be in your swimsuit and not going to say... I mean, this no. is late August, early September. I can't imagine... I can't imagine it gets much warmer. I don't think it's ever... It's not like a beach town here. You're, you're not going to be... Well, if you've been to a black sand beach, you're never... You're, you're, I just think Iceland in general isn't like... It's, it's Iceland. Yeah, it's I've not, been to a black sand beach in Hawaii, and I wasn't really buying out in some suits. So if you're looking for that, that's not where you're going That's not why you're going to Iceland, but I will say there's a lot of uh, geothermal spas there, so you can go there and experience your bathing suit that way. I am going to say, yes. I, one thing I'm not going to recommend yes. is the Blue Lagoon. Yes, I was waiting for this. I was <laughs> going to ask her. No, yes. I just, I do want to say that just, this isn't the kind of trip you're going on as a beach thing, but there are local spas and things that the, the locals go to um, rather than the Blue Lagoon that's basically the Times Square of um, Iceland is what I call it. Which is interesting because I was going to ask you about this because part of what motivated me to do this episode is my uh, sister and uh, sister-in-law were talking about trips recently and about um, where they would like to go, where a dream location was, and one of them that popped up was Iceland. Mm. And so there's a contest online to win a trip to Iceland to land in Reykjavik and they give you $2,000 and they say how you could potentially see the Northern Lights and go to a uh, the Blue Lagoon or to mm -hmm. a ge geothermal spring. And and Camber I was just looking at what they were offering in re comparing that to what Camberley and I had done. Yeah. So basically one of the things that Camberley was referencing, we had talked about going to the Blue Lagoon and she she I think you bought a swimsuit for it, didn't you? No, I didn't buy one. Oh, I already had one. You no. had one? Okay. Yeah. I thought she, she specifically shopped for a new one for this no, to like, no, no, to no, like no, no. fashionably debut. No, I thought about it and then I started reading the reviews and I read the negative ones, yeah. And 
the prices are ridiculous. They keep going up. There was broken glass in hair. the Blue Lagoon. Um, hair. Somebody put their fingers through it and they got a bunch of hair. It's not clean. And it's just too many tourists being crammed in there. And it's it's just, it's Times Square. I don't want Times Square. So we opted not to do it. There's better uh, places to go. We did not do it because that's not really what we were into for this trip. So that's up to you. But you do have that option. So. And I think part of, in addition to the reviews we read, I wasn't necessarily that passionate about the Blue Lagoon myself, so that yeah. was a more of a Camberley choice thing. Yeah. But once she had done further research, we were like, you yeah. know what, there's so many things to do in Iceland. If we had had more time, we would have wanted to do the full ring. Sure. We did not get to do that. And that being said, because we didn't get to the full ring, we we didn't want to spend time doing things we weren't that passionate, passionate about. about. That yeah, life's short. So, um, yeah. And we wanted to make good driving time because we were trying to get from the western coast of Iceland to the eastern coast of Iceland at and least. And get back. And get back uh, <laughs> so, before our flight. So so, what, so for you, what was one of your favorite the parts one of I, I'm gonna Since we talked about cold, I'm going to sure. talk about we were lucky. We were blessed in that we saw the Northern Lights, and oh, so that and that went to the end. <laughs> you were uh, no go for well, it. I, I was, it you mentioned cold, and one of it. We stayed at this beautiful hotel in. Uh, we stayed in a number of beautiful hotel, hotels, but this one sticks out in my mind. It was in Hella. Um, yeah, it was the name of the city, and. Uh, I want to say it was called the Ranga Hotel. Yes, it was. And we had specifically... We usually do one splurge hotel. Now, given... I don't know that this is so splurgy, but we... Yeah, go be, ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but no. to be honest, um, if, if you're somebody who really loves fancy places, Iceland is not like that. It's a little bit more for people who are uh, campers or um, who do stay in hotels, but it's not going to be like Paris or, <laughs> you know, Venice. It, it's not... The hotels are very humble in a lot of ways. And I would agree. And expensive. <laughs> well, I would that. agree with her in when she mentioned the the rustic part of it or the camping type of yeah. it. Yeah. We saw a lot of people in like campers, but also... And hitchhiking. That's where that's I was the, going. That is like one of the only countries that I've seen left where hitchhiking is like everywhere. Of all, you know? of all the countries we've been to... Am I wrong on this? That's the mo- most hitchhikers we've ever seen in any country. Look, living in the U.S., especially in New York City, I would never hitchhike. So the whole time I was mortified. But I guess it's pretty normal there, there. with the locals and things. I I, I don't know. I uh, was reading an article recently about a couple who did the Appalachian Trail. And they hitchhiked to the starting northern start of the Appalachian Trail. I'm like, wait, what? People still hitchhike? Yeah, I was a little bit shocked, do but that it US. happens. So was it rustic? Yes. But that being said, in Hella, the Ranga Hotel was one of our... It was a little bit... Um, more pricey than we normally yeah. but what drew us in what were the reviews online we researched it we we basically when we mapped this out we had uh, pit stops that we mapped up beforehand this some of our trips Camberley and I don't decide where we're saying hardcore we don't book the hotel hardcore to what's actually to in the country in this one we did just because we, we had certain points that we wanted to and we wanted to make sure we had a place to stay and we wanted to make sure it was quality if that makes sense <laughs> yeah. this hotel what we what we had was a wake up call so essentially you can't control the Northern Lights. Anytime you go to Iceland, if you're looking, like we had gone to Finland, hoping to see the Northern Lights, it didn't happen. No. Iceland, we weren't expecting it. Actually, that's not even why we chose Iceland. We chose it for the other natural features. And what was, we were lucky. We were lucky. I don't know that we were supposed to see them. We weren't. We weren't. And the thing is, they're not really active at that time of year. And it's a long stretch for it to happen at the end of, of... August, beginning of September. And so that we weren't looking for it. We were hopeful because you're always hopeful, or maybe I am. And I remember thinking it's not going to happen. And we were warned. I remember reading online, it, it's not going to happen, fool. And so when we got to this hotel, I saw reclining, like, 
beds, not really, but reclining, like, yeah. tanning beds almost that they look like to me, because I'm, you know, used to, like, Florida or South Carolina, where we have tanning beds. No, 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 no. Those are beds to see the Northern Lights, or shows, as they call them. Yeah. So then when we were checking in, they said, if there it happens to be a show while you're here, would you like a wake-up call? And we're like, yeah. yeah. Like, we weren't expecting it. We're like, why not? You know, what are the chances? Lo and behold, we got a wake-up call. So, lo and behold, we got to see it. was, like, 9.45, and we were like, <gasps> Yeah. I don't think we were even asleep yet at that no, point. No, I'm never um, asleep that early. So, so that being said, they, they called us. We got to go out and see it. And I think, what first of all, the fact they give you a wake-up call. They had the reclining amazing. beds and such. was amazing. But the fact we were lucky enough to see it... Um, that to me was just a wonderful experience and I felt like it was a blessing because it was an added bonus to a trip. Going to Iceland itself was a gift. Yes. But the Northern Lights on top of it was an added gift and I think you want to say more about this because I know uh, you enjoyed it. I'll, no, not going to sleep. Yeah, no. I think, <laughs> oh, well, I think the thing that was really happy for me was, I just, it was something that I've wanted to see my whole life and I just, I didn't think I ever would and the chances were really low and when it happened, it just, I can honestly say it's probably one of the most magical moments of my life. I will go there. I will say that and the reason is you can see it on YouTube or various channels. It's not the same as seeing it in person and there's something just so amazing that takes you I don't know out of yourself for a second and and, and I, i'm i'm not a cheese ball actually i don't get emotional too much i've testified and, i agree with her she doesn't she doesn't and i i started crying a few times because it was just such a powerful experience of we're living on this planet and this thing's above us and it's just awesome it was seriously probably one of my favorite travel moments ever it and, and she is right when experiencing it live does something because Kimberly is a photographer and I mm-hmm. was not even attempting on I, I have a little cyber shot camera I'm not even going to attempt to get any documentation of this I'm not even going to try it I don't care so my whole time I was just observing and just trying to take it in and live in the moment Camberley, on the other hand, and this this I'm just bringing up because I felt the the, the hotel staff, or was it a guy? No, it was the oh, guy at the front desk. Yeah, I felt nice. they went above and beyond to make Camberley's experience wonderful because yes. her camera wasn't doing... Do you want to talk about that? My camera, I couldn't get it to go on a slower shutter speed, which you need to get pictures. And it was an older camera. I've updated it since. But, um, you know, I, I just, I wanted these pictures and it wasn't working. And so I had my tripod, I had everything set up. And this guy at the counter worked worked with my camera for a good 20 minutes and set it up for me to succeed and I have beautiful pictures and I'll be posting them they took their time to do this to make sure that I walked away with a wonderful experience and I did I loved it so much that I was one of the last people to go back in the hotel even though it was freezing and then afterwards when we went in the hotel room I remember um Noah passing out in his bed and then I was near the bed next to the window and I kept the curtain open so I could stare at it and I sat there on my side and I watched the northern lights until I fell asleep (laughs) it was just like hugging your favorite teddy bear and just ah it it was beautiful it was hands down my favorite experience and the reason why I related this to what Kimberly said when she was talking about Vic and how cold it was I remember I was chittering I was chattering I had my teeth were chittering and chattering and I had brought a winter coat but it wasn't enough. And I had layered. like I was, it's windy. It was, yeah. But it was nighttime. Yep. And what's funny is they call them shows. One of the people had said this was one of the warmest shows That's they'd ever had. Yes. And I'm like, uh, okay. Because I, I mean, I can deal with cold. But like for September, you know, I, I'm not 
in the winter frame of mind. I mean, I was expecting it a little bit cold, yeah. but it was nighttime. We're outside in the cold. I had my layers on. It was not like I was in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. And you're out there for a while because it's not like the Northern Lights were like a five-minute affair. These went on. Would yeah, you say sometimes good- they will. Sometimes they'll only go on for a couple minutes and disappear. This went on for several hours. Yes. We lucked out. I mean, at times they were weaker, but then it got really strong for most of the night. We really lucked out. Or you only get it for like a half an hour or whatever. But it was it, it was it was cold. And I'm thinking, this is a warm one. Yeah, this I'm is like, a warm one. do I ever but- want to see them again? Of course. <laughs> but <laughs> And so to me, that was one of the things. And if, if you're traveling to Iceland and you're like, oh, I have to see the Northern Lights. Uh, you yeah, can't yeah. guarantee that, buddy. But especially yeah. in winter because it snows a lot. So that means clouds, cloud coverage is blocking the view. You really have to kind of get lucky. It's, it's difficult. And it's so. even beyond clouds. It has to do with the magnetic. Exactly. There's just so many things that are kind of working against you. But man, when you see it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so that, that to me was one of my favorite experiences because I feel like it was one of those things you cannot control and one of those things. And, and everyone was so nice about it and it was just it was very nice and it was, it's almost like fireworks in a grid that I feel like there's a community among the people yeah. observing the wonder in the sky it, it was absolutely beautiful which takes me to actually one of my other favorite places so this this was something that intrigued me as soon as we started researching the country oh. and it was Yoko Sarlin okay <laughs> Yoko Sarlin. So this is basically, it's the home of the third largest glacier, the big ass glacier, as I call it. The Do third- you mean Vatna Yoko? Is that big the big I'm sorry. Camberley, if you've listened to other episodes, Camberley <laughs> wrote a song as we approached Yoko Sarlin, and we saw, as she called it, a big ass glacier in the distance. Yes. A snippet of the song goes The big ass glacier is coming for glacier. you. It's gonna rip your boop, 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 face off in a million years or two. You think the big ass glacier is some kind of joke? joke. Well, ask the baby woolly mammoth lying in its cloak. Okay, the big ass glacier. Big ass glacier. The big ass glacier. Big ass glacier. Everybody just clicked off this whole episode. Probably. It doesn't matter. That song, you don't even know. She she has so many songs. She should be a jingle writer in her spare time because that's not, I mean, she has other work. Don't get me going on her songs. At any rate, as we were approaching it, she saw what Vatna Yokel apparently, which is the big ass glacier. It is. It, it, it was absolutely amazing. And I had, of course, never seen... A- a glacier like that before. I mean, where would I? It inspired I'm her to write I'm a, originally from California. It inspired her to write a song. It did. And like, it's, it's huge. And when you get to a certain part of the country, you see it all the time. So you'll be driving and you're like, there's the big ass glacier. And I don't know that um, everybody says that. When okay. They see well, it. that's what I say. And it was just amazing. But Yoko Sarlin is basically where, when the glacier starts to melt, parts of it break off and it goes into almost like this lagoon and you can take boat rides in it and drive around through this area but I think my favorite part that was amazing but my favorite part was we got there the night before trying to get to our hotel and it was overcast and there were some people there but for the most part it was empty and yes. we couldn't find it the next day we tried looking for the same the exact area spot we yes. couldn't find it and it was so strange there's two times in my life that i felt this way like i was living in a snow globe for a minute and it was here and in scotland i felt like i was in a snow globe because of the way the atmosphere was and the way the sky was and i remember because it was evening there was no sunshine because it was overcast we got some of the most beautiful photos and they closed down their 
there there's a place where they I think so they were selling food right near a bridge. Mm-hmm. There was a bridge near that, and they would sell food, and they they would sell tickets to the the rides into the actual yeah. Yoko Sarlin. There are boat rides that they would sell tickets to, but that had all shut down for the day. Yeah. But yet the sun wasn't completely down because it's August still, early September. So because of that it had cleared out immensely and that's when we were there so it was still light enough out that you did have visibility but it had not uh it was not active like a lot of people weren't yeah out and about yeah it was just absolutely beautiful and and i will be putting up some of those pictures because it was just such it was so beautiful and there was nobody there there was only a couple of us and the next day when we went on to because we had a boat you know, we did tour. go back. For the we boat did tour. go back for the boat tour, and it was still really beautiful. But it's really crowded. Everybody's kind of buying. I mean, really crowded for Iceland. It's not, it's yeah, not it's overly not really crowded, crowded, but you know, it, it, there is going to be more of a crowd. And you're on a boat. It's more of a to-do day. While this one was more of an experience we didn't expect, and that's something that I actually really love about Iceland is you'll have a lot of moments where there's just you, moments you didn't expect, and this was one of them. But, but. Doing the tour was fun, though, and, and you go around in the lagoon, and you can see, like, seals, and we saw a seal, and they let you eat part of the glacier. <laughs> they, like, chip off a little piece that's already broken off, so they're not attacking the healthy glacier, and it, there's something really fun about it, and I'm not a boat person, but, you know, it was a lot of fun going out there, and so I recommend it. I just felt like it was pretty magical, too. I love Yokos Arlen. Just seeing little icebergs, and you could tell by the way that they were flipped. Like if it was blue looking, that meant that it had just broken off, wasn't it? No, that it had been underwater and flipped. Mm -hmm. And then if you see the black part, that means that it was like on the ground, I think, because it was scraping. That it was just interesting. It was just fascinating. So yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about Yoko Sarlin? Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Okay, I, I'm, I was making I'm, sure it made you're making, your list. I'm, I'm reevaluating now because I, we don't want to repeat. And and I enjoyed Yoko Sarlin very. I'm that was one of the things we were deciding between the Blue Lagoon or Yoko Sarlin. Yeah, we chose Yoko Sarlin. I am Sarlin. so and I'm glad. So glad. Yeah. If you have a choice between the two, don't even kid yourself. <laughs> Go to Yoko Sarlin. Though it is closed off at certain times of the year because it does get difficult to get to because of the passes. So it isn't open year round, I don't think. I don't think, or at least the, it may be, but you can't go on the tours and things because it gets too snowy and a little bit crazy from what I understand. And bad weather can hinder the experience. So it's something that you want to definitely research before you go. See, now I don't know if I'm going to steal your third one or not when I say my second one, but I'm just going to say it's it. okay. Do um, it. I enjoyed going all, we decided that our third place to stay was going to be the city called Hopen, which is spelled H-O with an umlaut over it, F-N. We were right outside mm-hmm. that at a hotel. We decided that was going to be like our our last night because it was in a decent place. It was a little bit beyond Yokosalem and where we wanted to be. And what sticks t- out to me about this city was A, that was where Camberley had, as she deemed it, the best meal of her life at that point in that city at uh, a restaurant there and also the next day we went back to walk a little bit and we were pretty much on the eastern coast of Iceland and we walked along the coast a bit and we had a little kitty friend that would follow us oh, for a little bit I remember so it, it was relaxing it was almost like being on an isolated coast it, and Iceland as a whole isn't overly populated so it's not like when she said Yoko Sarland is crowded I mean we come from New York City. It's not. It's not I eight and a half million people. Yeah, <laughs> but it, 
Halton stuck out to me, A, because the hotel we stayed at was nice. The dinner we had was one of, as Camberley deemed it, one of the best she had in mm-hmm. her life. And yet it was isolated enough that, and close enough to Yokosarland. I enjoyed going that far over. I enjoyed going to that town. I enjoyed being as it felt to me, like the edge of the world. And that's kind of what appealed to me about Iceland. Yeah. As, whether it be Vic, whether it be Hopen, whether it be also like the drive between the two cities. Um, one of the things that for me was an appeal, I think Hopen, part of it is the, the driving. I enjoyed the driving because we could stop and start when we wanted, take pictures when we wanted. And the the varied landscape, the, the moss-covered land, and it was yeah, spongy. It was, it was just very... It, it, the the varied landscape was absolutely beautiful and the fact we could stop start take pictures whenever we wanted I enjoyed that very much and I'm glad we took the route we did so and, and nobody's riding your ass on that that's what I like is because it's and, and we were on off season to be fair but even still I like the fact that you could just go for stretches and not see many people and you're right this is you know what is that when you say that it's it's about the journey not the destination and I think with Iceland, that really is the case because all the in between, you know, kind of like when you're living your life. I think it was John Lennon who said that the whole journey you've been living it, and you're you're looking at these big points, which it was nice. They were very nice, but it was the in between that really made the trip amazing. You know, pull over, respect the landscape. That's a big thing, though. Is sometimes people don't respect the landscape. Please respect the landscape, but. If you're respecting it, go enjoy it and see it. And that's what makes it so special. And yeah, Hopin was great, because you're right. It's like this little town like in the middle of nowhere. And there's many of them, but this one, I think was a little bit bigger, wasn't it? A little bit bigger meaning than Vic, yes. Yes. You know, because there are like places like Vic and a couple of the other places along the way. Realize that these are really small towns. Um, so, it, you know, there's not going to be crazy nightlife or anything you know the small towns it's a small country with a very limited population but hopin is also where we met the infamous sleepy cow oh yes and the name <laughs> of that restaurant was i think it's pakus restaurant which is p-a-k-k-h-u with an accent over it, s restaurant that was the restaurant where you had the best meal of your life is that still true or? i don't know if it's in my life but it was definitely in the at that time five. you said it was the best of your life one of them yeah at that time, you said it was number one. Oh, at that moment, you know, I, maybe I tend to exaggerate. Yeah, but it was, <laughs> it was still, really is it good. Still in your top five? It was delicious. Is it still in your top five? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then Dreamy Cow or Sleepy Cow? I don't know. I think it was Sleepy Cow. Oh, maybe no. Dreamy Cow. We'll put I up can't. a picture. It so was look. for sale for like three hundred dollars. <laughs> look, they had art in there. I think it's a local artist, so I don't want to. No, no, look. we don't. But let's just say the art was a conversation starter it was and it actually really made our stay pretty happy well the dinner did too the dinner was amazing and the yes. kitty and everything in between but I the just, kitty was the next to day, this though. day we still look for our sleepy cows when we travel to other countries because we've seen it true yeah I've seen there, it in one in MoMA in New York City there, there's a lot of art around the world that, that has drawn us in. And I, I, I like to say Dreamy Cow was the Sleepy Cow, Dreamy? Sleepy? Yeah, yeah. Which one? Dreamy or Sleepy? What have we I thought it was Sleepy it? Cow, but I could be wrong. I don't think that was the name of it. I think you named it Sleepy no, Cow. No, I know I did, because it yeah. had a little bit of a lazy that eye. Was, but... <laughs> the cow had a lazy eye. This is... That was a conversation starter. Let's yes, just say that. It was. And I'm not going to say that's the first piece of art that has spurred no, starting no, conversations, no. but definitely has. Um, we will make reference. We have on trips since Iceland talked about. Oh, it's like Dreamy Cow. Yeah, cow. yeah. Yeah. So always keep your eyes open. <laughs> so. 
So I don't know if this is going to be on your list or not. I hope I'm not stealing all I your thunder. You but Scoftafel. Do you remember Scoftafel? Yeah, that was the um, waterfall that you took a picture of. I had- no, no, that was Skolgafoss. Okay. That was no, no, no. So this is next to it, it's basically the national park of the Big Ass okay, Glacier. Okay, now I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't know the real name of the Big Ass Glacier. So Vatna Yoko. Yeah, I have a real hard time with that. So <sighs> we, <laughs> sorry, I'm not trying to disrespect any locals. So they Songs have a work. national park that's really close to there, and it is like about an hour away from Yokosarlan. And I actually really like this, and I do think it's worth your time. Um, there's a lot of different hiking trails, a lot of different hiking trails, and they give you the different levels of what they are some lead to open fields with some views some go across the park and you do have to take a lot of steps some open up to waterfalls um it really just depends and we were there a while and we walked around and saw a lot of different things it was interesting because that day we it rained a little bit just a little we had pretty good weather most of the time and then it got really sunny and then it got windy so it just kept changing throughout the day but that actually was one of my favorite moments and I think one that um, was understated I don't think we really talk about that one a lot but no I was actually surprised you picked that one because Kimberly has told me before she really enjoyed Gullfoss which is in the Golden Circle of Iceland which is that waterfall that you thought was you, you, I'm, so I'm surprised a little bit. I loved Golfoss. Golfoss is actually great if you're in Reykjavik and you have a short time. It's something that you could do in a half day. It's like a day trip. Um, so it's definitely worth doing. Um, but I just like, there's not a lot of hiking there. There's not a lot to do. When you see Golfoss, you basically saying. see Golfoss and it's done. With the other one, it's a national park. So you can walk around. I love hiking. I love taking photos. And so for me, it actually was just a relaxing day. And wasn't there a waterfall in there once we got up yeah. and down and somebody was eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches or something Yeah, people yeah. take little snacks and, and it was just so nice. And a lot of locals were, were there as well. It's just a really nice spot, a really relaxing spot, a great place to hike, just whatever you're looking for. And I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. And you can see the big-ass glacier. Vatna Yoko. <laughs> it's called Vatna Yoko. There you go. She wrote the song, so I guess she has the right to call it whatever. Well, no, I don't. Yeah, don't hate uh, me, locals. I'm, I'm not, sorry. I'm not. <laughs> she loves your country. It's on both I do. I love your country. I would go back again tomorrow if I could. Yes. Okay. So, I, uh, it's experiences. Yeah. So, I guess we had recently done an episode about the weirdest thing we ever, like, ate, I guess, or drink. Mm-hmm. So, look. We're in Iceland. We get free breakfasts at some hotels. And Camberley, oh, I can't say what you call it. No. But sometimes Camberley late at night on ESPN had watched the World's Strongest Man competition. Oh, and yeah. And so you know what you call that. I'm yeah. not going to divulge that information. That's that's privileged, I guess. You have to be a VIP listener, apparently, to get that information, <laughs> I guess. you got to email or Instagram us to get that. But... So we were at breakfast, and they had... I had seen it at a few breakfasts, and it was called Lisi. L-Y-S-I, I'm pretty sure is how it was spelled. I'm remembering. It's been a few years. And we hadn't tried it. We hadn't... No, she not... T- I knew Camberley wasn't going to touch it. And at oh. this place, they had a rock that said, Iceland has more world's strongest men than any other country, and Lisi is why. Have a teaspoon or have a tablespoon or whatever. So I did it. I lived. It's cool. So what was it's it? It's fish oil. It was just straight it's up fish oil. oil. It's fish oil. It is what I found online. I mean, I do. did it. Well, did it make you regular? <laughs> I- 
<laughs> Look, they it did. I can tell you what it what did, did not taste do. Like? It did. It felt like oil, or it tasted like oil. Um, I can tell you what it did not do. It did not make me the world's strongest man. No. That that I can tell you. I have not been in the competition. I you... have not been lifting any. Um, apparently. Uh, uh, look, I, I think that stuff has probably been there for a long time because nobody eats it, so they just keep recycling it every day and hope some idiot like you eats it. <laughs> well, I ate it. I lived. I was fine. Did I oh, want I'm- it again? I mean, I'm not gonna say it. they. They said apparently. Oh, Elise makes it. It's cod liver oil. Oof. Okay. Is what okay. it is? Apparently, Lisi, who made it, is a leading. The leading producer of fully refined fish oils for human consumption. So that's what I had. It was an experience. It sticks out in my mind. Because you know what? We had just done the food episode not too far back. And it it, it was an experience. Yeah, I definitely wasn't going to pick that one because I sure as heck didn't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm glad I did it. And, and just to think I have something in common with the world's strongest men. I mean. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Would I do it again? Sure. Why not? I, but did I, it taste amazing or do any of that look? The reason why I think I say it is because it was unique and it's something that I feel was unique to Iceland, but also I feel that it is important to like make an attempt to live like a local would or try sure, something that is unique to their should. culture. You always should. Um, which I would say. So... That being said, I, I have a follow-up question sure. since we've reached on three. My follow-up question, I guess, and I don't know what you'll say. I mean, you can either have me answer first or you okay. ask first. I don't care which. I think we have both established that we both enjoyed Iceland. Oh, we both it. would definitely go back. Absolutely. I think we both established six things between the two of us that we would recommend. Sure. Lisi, uh, I don't know that I recommend. So five and a half. I'll say five and a half. <laughs> I don't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't grotesque and it wasn't disgusting. Sure. So five and a half at least. Um, and we both... Well, at least agreed Blue Lagoon is something that, eh, meh. It was more of a meh. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, no. Or that's it's, a full-on no? Me, it's a full-on no. Full-on no. That's that, That's just me. I didn't do it, but based on the reviews, well, the hair and the needles and broken glass. Were there needles? Did they Not needles. They no, it was broken needles. glass because people are allowed to drink in there. Yeah, and no. It's just no. It's just so, no. that being said, we've established some things we definitely would recommend. We both established we would go back. Yep. If you were to the opportunity to go back, mm-hmm. what is one thing that would be on your list to do in Iceland or do you need me to answer this first because I asked oh so for me honestly I would want to do the full ring okay that's the main thing is I and I definitely would go back to the places that I've already been to because it was so magical and I have a feeling it kind of changes every time you go I don't think you're gonna see the same thing it's just such a magical experience so I would go all the way around the ring to see the other side that we didn't see we didn't really get to see more than the southeast is that right? We basically went, we were in the southwest to the southeast. To the so southeast. basically we covered the southern half of this ring of which she speaks. And I want more. I want to see the northern part. I want to see more. So for me, it's to do the whole ring. Absolutely. And hopefully see the northern lights again because it was worth doing well, it. That's why I guess my follow-up. Would you recommend going about the same time of year? August to September or for a different me, time I would even go in September, even though it would be oh, a little really? bit colder. I think yes, I definitely would. I don't want to go in summer because I mean it's cool because you get the twenty four hours almost of daylight. But on the other hand, that's where you're gonna get a lot more people and more crowds. And I tend to like doing the off season thing because I like less crowds. So for me I would definitely choose September again. Yep. 
Got it. How about you? Full ring. I, I, I think one of the things when she said that, I don't necessarily disagree with her at all. Actually, mm-hmm. I would be encouraged. I might actually do the opposite direction because from Reykjavik, we basically went south and east. Yeah. If we were starting Reykjavik again, we might go north and east. Yeah. Um, just do the opposite direction. The reason why, when we each chose a six, and I mentioned Gullfoss, which is close to Reykjavik, she did not say it. I think subconsciously, or maybe consciously, both of us were choosing things that are farther out from Reykjavik. Did you do that consciously? I did do it consciously. I, I, I guess part of it is having experienced it. There's just like so many waterfalls that you're going to run to, but Gullfoss is the big one. Um, there's just so many beautiful waterfalls, even on the way when you're traveling to these places that are on the side of the road, like Skullfoss, I think it is. And then you just get out and stop and see it. And so for me, it's just, there's other things that were bigger highlights. When I chose my third one, I chose Lacey specifically because it was not close to Reykjavik. And I feel that a lot of people who go to Iceland may just go to Reykjavik and do the Golden Circle, mm-hmm. which includes Thingvillar, Gullfoss, and Geyser. Geyser almost was my third one. Okay. The reason why I did not choose Geyser, which is was fun. We went to it and we enjoyed it. it sure. There's one there that goes off periodically. It smells a little bit because it's sulfur. gas coming out or of the sulfur. ground. Yeah. But one of the things that entertained us about Geyser was that people would go and wait for it to go off and then it would squirt on them and it all jump back. And then it all jump back because it changed kind of direction depending exactly. on the, the, the way it was going. And so people would think one area of safe to watch it the second time. No, and no, it no. would <laughs> nail them, including me. I got nailed and I have it on tape. Which is fun. <laughs> it's entertaining. It was. But I think part of the... That's why I kind of went Lisi is because I... I would encourage the listeners to go farther away from Reykjavik because I feel there's so much Iceland that if you just go to Reykjavik in the Golden Circle, I feel you're missing so yep. much of what the country has to Agreed. offer. And once we got past, even a little bit before Vik, which is the on the southern most southern tip of Iceland, but once we got past Vik, the landscape was just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Had we just done the Gold Circle, Golden Circle, we wouldn't have gotten the Vic and we wouldn't have got the other side. That being said, do I agree getting out of Reykjavik? Yes. Do I agree to do the full ring? I might be curious just to do the northern half because I've done the southern half. But Heck where I want to go, if thing. I go back, it's kind of why we talked about Iceland in the first place and we joked about going there. Necro Pants. You know it's coming. Necro Pants was going to be making a visit. It is. It has to. It's at the Museum of Icelandic Witchcraft and Sorcery in mm-hmm. Holmavik, which is in the north uh, western side of Iceland. Now we didn't go there because what we when we talked to people, they're like, "There's nothing there. Like, there's nothing." Right, you're else just there. going there for Necro Pants. We're going there for Necro Pants, and we decided that um, basically Hopin and the Yokosarlan and all of those were more enticing <laughs> than Necro. Beautiful nature was better than necropants. Do we need to explain what necropants are again or no? Necropants, basically, quick story. So you want to become rich? Become a grave digger. You're supposed to dig somebody up, basically pull the skin from their um, belly button down. Male. They have to be male. Male has to be male. Has to have genitalia. You put it onto your own self, dance around at night. Oh, yeah. You put like a coin in the genitalia and dance around, and then you become a millionaire. And they have um, a plastic display of the necropants. But what I do want to say is that it has never been proven that anyone has done this. It's just become some kind of folklore based off of craziness, in my opinion. And I don't want to offend any locals, but I, you know, I come on, necropants has never happened. 
has but never it's in the museum. But it's in the museum. So there are plenty of pictures online where you can see people posing with Necro Pants. It's on the internet, so it must be true. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> and just be. know it is anatomically correct if you are squeamish to things like that. But the thing or gentle. Muse- I thought the thing in the museum, though, is actually like plastic. It's not. It real. is. It's behind, but they have it behind like a glass case. Don't they have the crown jewels of England behind a glass case? Well, these are their own crown jewels, I you suppose. With their but they're <laughs> but it's plastic and they're putting it behind glass like it's There's a that. real scientific thing of necro pants. I it would is see not. Necropants. I would see I would see necro pants, but um, if you were there for a short amount of time, I don't recommend you do that first. Unless you're gonna be there a couple weeks True. and you do the ring. We we this is what <laughs> we would do if we were to go back because we've already done the six things we mentioned in addition to the yep. golden circle. We did complete all three in the golden circle and so we missed the blue lagoon but that was a conscious uh. choice. Could we have done it yes we could have um and we enjoyed Reykjavik sure. but if I were to go back that's definitely something I would do <laughs> necro pants wait how do we wait to be fair and that's why I have to ask Kimberly because I am passionate about, well more yes, passionate than Kimberly is about being necro pants I like the name of it I think it's just I like saying necro pants maybe that's just what it is yeah hey. um but you are the one who brought it to my attention. Do you remember how you discovered Necropants? Because I always, whenever I travel, like to find unique things to do that most people try to avoid. And when I was doing research, this came up. And I mean, come on, how much more unique can this get? I feel like you're playing the role, oh my gosh, the daughter in Beetlejuice, where she says most people ignore the strange and unusual. I myself am strange and unusual. That pretty I, much describes my life. I so. feel like that's your tagline for this Google search for yeah. Necropants. Do you just Google, like, Iceland weird things? Yeah, that's basically what I do That's and I do a lot of research and I find really weird things. And Lisi didn't show up, but Necropants did. Necropants, of course, so did. Basically, my what I would do if I were to go back to Iceland, you can blame that on Camberley because had she not told me about Necropants, I it's an obsession. very well may not have been aware of it. <laughs> there you go. To the it's not the kind of thing I would I would not be looking for. <laughs> what to do when you're a grave digger in Iceland. Well, it's not just grave digger, it's anyone who wants to become rich. Look. So there you go. On that note. There you go. But here, so definitely for me, and, and, and both Noah and I, and it, let me tell you, Iceland is definitely high on our to-do list. I would go back again in a heartbeat. It's one of those countries that I would go back to several times. So I really do recommend it. I don't think this is the first time that you're going to hear about this. I think we'll definitely revisit this topic again because Iceland? I feel like, oh yeah. Or necro like, pants. <laughs> well, all the above. Because I think we moved over it quickly and I think maybe we'll talk about giving some advice, you know, beforehand. So look for other videos for it because Iceland is huge in our world. We love it. You hear a lot about it. It's 100% worth it. But before we go, we do want to thank people again. Um, we've gotten a lot of people on the Facebook page, new people, um, people getting in contact with us, and we really love it. We're getting lots of uh, hits on this podcast, and we want to thank everyone for doing that because it really does mean a lot to us. We were just kind of doing this for fun and didn't expect the love. Thank you so much. We have an Instagram, um, we have a Facebook, and we now have um, a blog. And you can find all of this stuff on um, Anchor FM at this point in time. It lists all these pages, but um, what is it on Facebook? The To-Do List Podcast. Thank you. Because sometimes it's podcast the To-Do List. Which is the email. (laughs) Exactly. So you can come and visit us there. We'll be putting photos up if you want to see them of the trip. And just say hi to us because we like people. On that note, (laughs) live your life as an exclamation, not an explanation. Yes.